What's up, Buckeye Nation? Welcome to Dotting Now with Davis and Chad. We are coming to you after our most recent victory here, 35-7, over those Youngstown State University uh, Penguins. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, I, I think there's a sentiment going around Buckeye Nation that this victory is kind of a little bit ho-hum for everyone, man. And, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot on the Internet about it, and it's just kind of uh, it's kind of been a weird week as far as uh, Ohio State football goes. What do you say about that, Davis? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you really have to start taking a step back and realizing what this team is, because so many people are trying to put a label on it this early in the season, and it's obviously not going to meet anyone's expectation. So you have to give it a little bit of time to develop. Now, I do understand in a couple weeks is not a make or break game, but a very pivotal, important game of the season. And, yes, people are starting to get worried. I mean, think about how we would probably feel if we knew that we didn't have to play a, a game like that for the first six games. You know, or if we had, like, Georgia's schedule where we could pretty much take the entire season to work it out. So I get there's a little bit of anxiety about, you know, we're not where we need to be. But everyone just needs to kind of just pump it the brakes a little and understand this is still a work in progress i can guarantee you this that whatever our team looks like now is not what we're going to look like later now how quickly that comes along that's a different story to me i think it's uh and you may agree you may not but i i honestly you know first of all let's let's talk about this we 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 put the quarterback battle to rest correct i mean every i think well i thought so and then they has yet to come out and name kyle the starter and I have I have some interesting points about that, and we can get to it here in a minute. But I would have thought that after what we saw, it kind of was. But for some reason, it's not been named yet. The only benefit of the doubt that I'm going to give Devin Brown is that he kind of reminded me about what McCord looked like in the first week, too. He was nervous. I feel like he had a lot of pressure on him. Uh, made some really bad throws, some untimely throws, made some mistakes, had a fumble, um, you know, all those things. But also, man, you know, everybody was telling us, you know, it was so funny how Buckeye Nation is because the first week everyone was telling us you can't judge McCord because it's the first week and he's going to make mistakes and he's under pressure. But then when Devin Brown gets his, you know, his choice, everybody's like, well, screw him. He's done. And you know plus I mean? Devin Brown didn't start the game, you know. He still came in after about two or three drives, I think two drives. You know, it's not like – and he didn't get 50-50 playing time either. He's still been been at a disadvantage from what Kyle McCord is. I just think that Ryan Day knows that the safe play has got to be McCord. And if McCord can develop and continue to get more comfortable, I think he's a good option. I really do. However, the only thing that I can possibly imagine why Ryan Day is still letting this continue – it's because Ryan Day knows in his gut that the ceiling is higher with Devin Brown. Is Devin Brown ready for it more than Kyle McCord is at this point? No. But I think that that's probably the main reason why this whole thing keeps lingering on. And at this point, he understands Notre Dame's right around the corner. So he's still going to give them time, and he wants to give Devin Brown more time to keep developing and trying to get comfortable. But I can guarantee you this. The starter at Notre Dame will be Kyle McCord. There might be a package or two if they want to use Dem Brown, but pretty much it's going to be Kyle McCord. And then they'll go into the, the bye week and reassess at that point because they'll have a few more games that they might be able to get Devin Brown more work. 
But unfortunately, it is looking like this quarterback competition is lingering way into the season, which is exactly what we were saying before we even started that we didn't want to happen. I think I think a call has to be made now and stuck with. And, I, you know, I sent you this text um, this weekend during the game, you know, like uh, third or fourth quarter. Maybe it was shortly after. But I just said, hey, to me, it's settled. We saw what we wanted to see. We, we got what we came for. We got what we paid for. And I think that it's fairly obvious that McCord is the guy here. So if that's the deal, we need to focus. I think this, you know, this has to be put to bed. This has to be it. I don't want to hear I need to give Devin. No, we don't need to give Devin anything. You need to give McCord more reps. We got Notre Dame in two weeks, man. That's not a lot of time. You know, I I, I just feel like the focus has to shift now. Yeah, at this point, I, I mean, even if Devin Brown in the long run might be the better player, Kyle's more ready. He's kind of felt more like the start of the last few weeks. Um, he looked better. He still needs to improve, but he did look better. And I think we need to give him as many reps as possible uh, with this Western Kentucky matchup upcoming to kind of get him comfortable. So I, I'm in the same boat that I think at this point, just name Kyle the starter. And it doesn't mean that Devin Brown can't make it into you know, a starting role later in the season, depending upon injury or performance or whatever it may be. But at this point for this pivotal Notre Dame game coming up, just name him the starter and let's get rolling. Agreed. So um, I, I, I want to say this before you bring up a point. I think another big reason why people are struggling so much with this, because it is an FCS opponent and we beat him 35 to seven. And I'm, I'm okay with the seven, even though I lost a prop bet on that. You know, we're keeping yet another opponent under double digits, which is, you know, I think par for the course for an FCS team. But scoring 35 points when we were probably expect to do that in the first half. Now, to be fair, we did 20 in the first half and it looked better. I mean, you know, we, we still had an opportunity to score 42. I mean, we had a touchdown call back, some penalties, and we ended up going for it on fourth down inside the red zone. So, you know, I think it's a little misleading only scoring 35 but again, I keep telling not everyone else, but especially myself and anyone else that wants to listen, you know, this is going to progressively get better as the year goes on. I mean, think about how we were in 2014 with that offense just did not look good as the year went on. It progressively got better and better and better. And then the finished product is what you saw at the end of the season. Yeah, I just the biggest thing that I have a problem with thought the defense looked good again. I mean, Denzel Burke, hats off to you, dude. You know, had a game. I feel like he's back. Like, his coverage was spectacular on the day. Like, every play that they showed him that I got to see, um, he just looked to be on it, dude. He looked more physical. He looked fast. He looked ready. Getting um, his head around, finally tracking the ball instead yeah. of just. Did we have any PI calls? I think. Mm, I don't think we did. I don't remember. I know we had a total of six penalties. Uh, for the day, but I don't remember if one of them was PI or not. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and another thing I'd like to say is why in the hell is Cam Martinez on the field? Um, that guy's terrible, man. He's been terrible his whole career. I mean, yeah, you got he, these young guys. He's not let, good. Let him play, dude. Let somebody else get some time. I mean, he gets burnt repeatedly. He gets burnt. It's just, and it's like so obvious and blatant. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm, I'm done with him, man. I've been done with him for two years. Yeah, I um, I do not expect him to get realistic playing time in games that matter. 
Um, you want to rotate him in and get him some more playing time, and especially you know to give the starters a breather, or or just to get get a rotation for fresh legs. Fine, you know as long as it's doable in a game that we're not going to have to worry about. But when we're going to be playing, you know your Notre Dame, your Penn State, your Wisconsin, your Michigan. He better not step foot on the field. I swear to God, I'm in the same boat as you. That, that is so annoying how we continue to play some of these older players when we know that the freshmen and the sophomores are so much more talented. I don't care if they make a stupid mistake. Their upside is so much higher, plus we need to get them the reps because you never know when we're going to need them this season. True. To me, though, the biggest kind of letdown of this game and it continues to be a problem, but just, you know, to me, it's on both sides of the ball, and that's the offensive-defensive line, both sides. I feel like the interior offensive-defensive lines have played great. Our DNs, I'm sorry, man. Like, this is a freaking FCS school we're talking about here, man. We should be getting home. We should have had four sacks, five sacks. We should have been all over the place, dude, and it's just not there. And I don't know if we're just playing, uh, you know, to our competition and, you know, we're going to bring it when we get up on a bigger stage where, you know, maybe the the uh, adrenaline's flown a little bit more or whatever. But I'm telling you, dude, I'm not satisfied with the defensive end play. And I'm not satisfied with the offensive line play at all either. I, I feel like we should have been more than dominant in this game, and we were not. I'm miles more worried about the offensive line. Now, do I think they have the chance to improve to be much better? Absolutely. I'm not as worried about the defensive line. I understand you know, your concerns with the defensive ends. But if you really watch the games, the first two, uh, obviously the setup with, you know, the running that triple option kind of, you know, negated that point. But if you really watch the game plan for Youngstown State was to dink and dunk and get rid of the ball within like two seconds. So they did not call a lot of downfield plays in that game, which also if the quarterback's getting rid of it quick, unless you just have a jailbreak, blitz where no one even you go in unblocked you're not going to be able to get there in time now i think this game coming up and we'll talk about it in our preview is going to be a much better gauge of how good our defensive ends really are but i think the game plan that both uh, indiana and youngstown state has played against us has been because they know how good our defensive line in the ends are and they've game planned around that see dude i don't think so i think jack sawyer's been overrated I'm sorry. I He's going to have to show me something because he has shown me absolutely nothing in this position. I, I really just don't feel it. And I feel like everybody wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sorry, dude. I'm not going to make excuses for Indiana and freaking Youngstown State. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm not. And I think, dude, if, if they do not find another gear to get into before Notre Dame, it, we're going to get exposed on a major level. And that's what I'm saying, man. You know, Notre Dame has a serious offense. Now, their defense is still to be seen, kind of like everybody's is, because a lot of people haven't played a bunch of people yet. But I'm just saying, Notre Dame's offense is a good offense, man. Like, we're getting ready to see some stuff. And that's what I'm saying. If he does not step his game up and find another gear, we're going to get ate up, man. Yeah, honestly, you know, so you can tell the frustration in your voice when you talk about it, as, as I can hear the majority of people still talk about it. And I think at the root of all of this, is that Ohio State does not have an identity this year yet. Um, our, what has our identity been the last handful of years? And you can you, go ahead tell me. You, you know what it is. It's score a lot, look flashy, big plays, you know, top five offense. That's kind of been our MO, right? And yeah, it's been we're not plug there. And play. Right. So we may have to have a completely different identity, and that's not something that we've been used to the last handful of years. 
But to be perfectly honest, we haven't won a national title since 2014. It hasn't, and we haven't really looked good offensively, you know, all cylinders clicking. I'm sorry, uh, as a whole team since 2019. So, would you want 2020, 2021, and 2022's offense knowing that we're always going to come up short, or maybe a new identity where the defense is going to be more the savior could potentially be the difference maker this year? Well, you all know, you're not talking about you're, it. You're just, why, you know, why can't we ever sync it up? Why do we because, never seem to be able to think we're it Ohio it's like, state? It's like the <laughs> defense is the defense is crap this year, but the offense is like top three in the country. And then the next year we finally get the defense figured out and our quarterback, you know, we got a green quarterback in the and offense. We got a battle starts. that goes halfway into the season. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like we never seem to flip to the same page at the same time. But, you know, this this is a battle that every team faces every single year, too. I mean, there's very, very, very few programs any given year that sync them both up. And just look back at your last handful of national champions, and that's just about it. Other than that, everyone has some sort of glaring issue. Alabama has a, a an offense issue, obviously. We saw them get beat by Texas. Um, I called that, by the way, and I want my credit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen. I'm on the Texas train. Well, that's a conversation for another day. But I think Texas, I wouldn't pencil them in yet. But between Florida State and Texas, I'm high on both of them right now. Yours looks good, man. He did look good. But, but so you think, okay, USC probably going to be the best offense in the country this year. Terrible defense. Yeah, glaring. It's what's kept them out of the playoffs the last handful of years. Oklahoma was the same way. Um. You know, Clemson is pretty much since we beat them back in 2020, they've been a nobody. No, it's we're we're still spoiled, and I understand our that our ex- expectations are really high, probably somewhat unreasonable at times. But you have to take a step back, man. I'm just telling everyone to just relax, give this team a chance to figure some more things out before everyone just wants to jump ship. Now, I'm not saying you are, but man. There are so many people that are already chalking this team up as a three-loss team and just throw it in the garbage. Like, can we just slow down for a minute? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's because of – the. it's not that we haven't performed. It's because it's chaos, dude. There's no order to it. Like, you come out one week, Chip's getting the ball. He's hot. He's the hot hand, right? Next week, you don't see Chip. Now you see Travion. Travion's getting the ball. Okay, one week you come out, the tight end is is catching every ball in the in the thing, and you don't get Marvin involved. Next week it's all Marvin. Like there has not been much consistency here for anyone to really form that much of an opinion on what exactly this team is going to be. And I think that's the frustration. Not along, you know, not only that, but also we didn't put up a dominant performance against two teams we should have dominated, and that was kind of the way it is. And I know everybody's like, well, what do you mean you won thirty five seven? Yeah, but if you watch the game, dude, it was 35-7, but it was an ugly 35-7, okay? It wasn't a dominant performance. It was a good performance, but not a dominant performance. And I think these schools, dude, that we've done this to for so many years, these in-state um, schools that we play, that we pay eight hundred grand to to come uh, down to the horseshoe, you know, we're used to seeing that, and we're just not seeing it right now. And I think people are starting to see a little bit of chink in the armor, you know what I mean? Like, that's what they're thinking, and, and you know, that's scary for Buckeye fans. Yeah, again, if this was later in the season, I'd be legit worried. Am I concerned a little? Am I going to hold my, you know, my judgment and my reservation? Yes, but it's still game two. If we're talking, if if I'm seeing this 
same thing here, game five, six, seven, then yes, I mean, I, I'm extremely worried. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think if we clean some things up, you know, not just with the quarterback play, but really if, if this line can just somehow work on a few things, like the glaring aspect for me for those those two teams, and I think the reason why the scores have been the way they are and for the reason that we feel so bad is because our third down conversion has been absolute hot garbage. That is probably the worst thing about this team right now is our third down conversion rate. I mean, what did we go uh, against Youngstown State? Five for 12, less than, you know, 50%? We went, well, I think we went five for 12 this Saturday. That's what I'm saying. Against Youngstown State, five for 12. And I know yeah. it was sub 500 against Indiana, probably even worse than It was that. like two for, I think we only got two or something like that. Yeah. So that's the thing is that, you know, we're moving the ball. And, and it's not like these are like third and 10, third and eight, third and 15s. Like a lot of these are third and one, third and three, third and four. Now, given we did get, you know, go two for three on fourth down conversion, but are we really going to be a team that's going to be going forward on fourth down three, four times a game? You can't you can't live that way throughout the entire season. Like you've got to convert these third downs and you don't realize how much of a backbreaker those are when, you know, you're missing converting seven third downs against Youngstown State. I mean, those are drive killers, man, especially yeah. the short ones. And a lot I, I feel, you know, we try to do the run game. Uh, especially with two, three yards to go a lot of the time. And the offensive line is just not gelling yet when it comes to run blocking. Now, pass protect, they look better this weekend. But again, the opponent, an FCS opponent, I have no idea how good they really honestly did it or how that performance would have stacked up had they played uh, played a, a group of five team or even uh, you know a power five team. have no idea. So... There's still a ton of question marks surrounding this team. Before we kind of wrap it up, I would rather let's focus on some of the positive things that you took away from this game and some of the things that you've seen that already look improved that uh, are giving you room for hope for the season. Well, I think the everything from linebacker back on the defense was phenomenal. Um, Eichenberg did his thing. DBs did their way. Like, I really am uh, becoming a fan of uh, Igbignosin um, and his physical style of play. Uh, he seems to be everywhere. He's like a freaking man possessed out there. Um, I think he's a great addition, man. I, I've honestly come to really like the defensive backfield. So I'll give, I'll definitely give that a positive. Um, I thought Travion actually ran a lot better, had a much better game. Um, and I feel like, uh, of course, like getting Marv involved. You know what I mean? Now, I still feel like, even with McCord taking over the starting job, he has a long way to go. His throws are extremely inaccurate um, at times, you know what I mean? And like to the point where he's got receivers turning their back to the play and then trying to readjust to make catches like that can't happen. It's at least got to be on the right side of the receiver, you know? Um, but those were some of the positives that I saw. I saw some chemistry there. I felt like there was. And to see those guys get a ball and to see our defense shore up, like I said, I don't think our defense under any circumstance is going to go shut out Notre Dame. I don't see it happening. But I'll tell you what, dude, I feel very confident in us being competitive. Very confident. Yeah, I I think that's a consistent. A lot of people are going to feel good about that defense. Again, look at the opponents we played. We will get a truer test, honestly, this upcoming weekend on how good the defense is, and especially in two weeks. Um, but I'd also like to really highlight our kicker. Um <laughs> kicker 
he he made five extra points right down the middle. No, I'm kidding. Um, I Sunny Styles for me, man. Uh, I finally got to see a hit that the last time I saw was Denzel Ward. You know what I mean? Just completely clocks this guy, goes backwards, stands over him, stares him down. Like that attitude, that willing to just plow someone. We have not had that in a few years. He's a big man, dude. He could be linebacker. He's a big man. And he's 18 years old. Yep. Like it's ridiculous. Um, He gives me a lot of hope. Um, I know he's still young. He's going to make some mistakes. But, man, you cannot match that talent. Like you're just born with that. You can't coach what he has. So this defense could be so stupid good this year that it really could possibly carry us, you know, through a lot of tough games. I have a feeling this season could be a difficult one just in regards to, you know, not blowing teams out like we're used to. But I think this defense is going to keep us in every single game, regardless of on how much the offense improves, because I really do think we think that highly of them. Yeah, I do too, man. I, if I we we could just get, like, I know that I have to be patient here, okay? Because like we're still kind of, sort of, in the midst of a, a quarterback battle until we're told we're not, right? So, but we both agree we think it's done, though, right? I mean, we I do think it's done, dude, and I'm willing to, you know, to eat the crow on it. Like, you know, I wanted to see Devin. Well, I got to see him, and you know, to be honest with you, I just don't think that he has the confidence. Um, at this point, to lead not this right. team. Not right now. We're not saying that Devin couldn't be the better person, but where they're at now and where we're at in the season, we have to roll forward with, with who's playing better right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been waiting to see it. Well, we got to see it. So for me, okay, it's a done deal. Like, we, we ride with him accord and let, let's go. Like, let's ride. Like, this season is show, uh, show. Yeah, the season is so short that I just don't feel like we have the time to waste, man. If we really want to compete for a Big Ten championship, and complete for a national championship. Like the time is now, dude. We can't we can't be four games in the season before we lock down starters. Like we need to roll. And I just feel that way, man. Reps, reps, reps. That's what it's gotta be. And you know, I'm just waiting on day to see the same thing, kinda, you know. Um, but to me, man, the biggest thing for me going forward, like I said, gotta shore up these lines. However, your opinion is about it, this game is one in the trenches. We've said it from the beginning of time. It's always been that way. It starts with the big uglies and it ends with the big uglies. And, dude, that is what has got to be on point if we want to contend. Yeah, I uh, agree with everything. Um, you know, I think that is uh, the most room for improvement on either side. Now, obviously, that's a side of the quarterback play, but I think it goes hand in hand. If the quarterback has more confidence that the offensive line is going to block and that our running game looks better and that frees the quarterback up. So I think everything, like you said, comes from both lines. Um, the talent is there. Uh, the one thing I will say is this, and as I watch the game, I continue to see our wide receivers just don't look as explosive as they did last year. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what it is. I mean, You're I even watched Marv. No, well, I that and I even watched Marv drop drop one right in the right in the chest. True. Like a 10, 15 yard pass, and it just hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. And I, I don't think I ever saw him drop a pass. Was it me, or did Igbuka look slow? Yes, he looked I mean, slow. Now that could be perception because of you know you don't know. Well, he also had. Well, I think he has that Terrell Pryor stride, and I'm not making a joke. I'm just saying Terrell Pryor didn't look like he was running fast, but he was running really fast. And I, I mean, think that he could has, be it too. 
I think he has a similar stride like that where it's just kind of sneaky, where it doesn't look like he's putting a lot of effort, but yet I, he's someone that needs space. Like, Abuka is not super shifty. He made a great move on that fourth down, um, you know, but other than that, I mean, I, I continue to don't understand why they put him there for punt return unless it's just completely because they don't trust anyone else to handle the ball. Like, he does nothing in the return game. And I don't want to risk him getting hurt in the return game if it's not even going to matter. Like, Dude, I would like on. to see Tate or someone else back in the return game, someone that's a little more electric. Dude, I, I think our, our Xavier Block Zero guy, I don't know why I can't think of his last name, Johnson right now. Xavier Johnson. Xavier Johnson. Yeah. Dude, that's your guy. He needs to He needs to be touching the ball, man. He He's he's actually he's sneaky, shifty. He makes great moves. He's got a killer spin move he pulls out a lot. But, yeah, we only see him in kickoff uh, return. I think he does need to move to the punt return as well, to be perfectly honest with you. I think and, he needs to touch the ball on the field. Yeah. I mean, they need to make, they, he needs to be that Swiss Army knife that we all know he can be, where sometimes line him up in the backfield, sometimes put him in motion, give him a jet sweep, then put him in, uh, in the slot, and then put him way on the outside, and then put, Dude, him, in, maybe, think, put him in maybe even at a uh, direct snap or something. Just, just mix yeah. it up with him. He could be so dangerous in space, dude. And I feel like, you know, first of all, he's not very big. And you know how hard those guys are to tackle. You know what I mean? Like, because they get so low, man. It's just hard to tackle them. So, dude, I think I'd like to see a little bit more of him and get him in, in space and see what he can do, too. So I really believe that all of that we're saying is actually going to happen. Because Ryan Day also is notorious for not wanting to show his cards too early. So I guarantee all of these plays that we're talking about and these potential matchups and, you know, putting these different players. I mean, uh, we've already seen little snippets of, you know, putting two running backs on the field at the same time and, you know, treating Chip like, uh, you know, like that Mitch Rossi fullback. But then all of a sudden he can come out of the backfield for a swing pass and he could be wide open and take it 60. Like we've seen little things that are doable, but I think once we get to Notre Dame, you're really going to see some of this creative stuff that he's been working on um, that is going to be more conducive to the offense that we're hoping to see this year. I feel like that's been another part of the problem is the play calling is still so vanilla and rightfully so. I get it. In years past, it's been vanilla against bad opponents and it's looked better. So I'm not saying that's the sole reason. But I think once you start opening it up a little bit and getting creative and getting some of these really talented players into space, then I think it's going to improve tremendously. But that's kind of the big thing I was going to say about the wide receivers is even against bad opponents, why are they still having a hard time getting open? I'm still seeing a lot of passes that are being thrown into pretty good coverage. If you're Marv, why, you know, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the country why is it so hard to seem like he gets open unless it's just a, a busted coverage down the field? Anything short, it's like he gets locked up every time. Is that yeah. just me seeing that, or I don't get it? Well, I, you know, yeah, I mean, that's true. But I really think uh, part of it is, like I said earlier, dude, I really believe this. We play to our talent, dude, and it's always kind of been like that. That's why I brought that up when I said it, because, dude, we're notorious for doing that. You know, we go out and, you know, look average at best versus Youngstown State. And then, you know, the next week we can go toe to toe with Georgia. You know, like it's just kind of like that, dude. And I, I really think that that's not indicative of the wide receiver core. I really don't. Like, I think it's one of the best in the country. And I think if our quarterback, 
uh, can get to a point where he's fairly consistent, um, I think you're going to see that. The only problem is now, dude, I got to be honest, man, every single time, it doesn't matter which quarterback we're talking about right now, every time that there's a play action pass and he does about two hops and gets ready to throw that ball, I go, oh, just like that. (laughs) Exactly. Every time, like what's going to happen, dude? You know what I mean? Like, where is this going to go? You know? Um, and I think once we get away from that dude and get a little bit more seasoned, I, th- I think you're going to see that talent and that, uh, you know, that beast of a wide receiving core we have really come to the surface. You always manage to get a Bob Euchre quote in every episode. You realize uh, that, right? He, dude, he, he's, he, the, he's the he, greatest he, announcer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He he just those major league movies. They're, they're so quotable and they apply to so many things. It's so funny. Uh, so give me give just. Give me your offense and defense grades for this game. Offense? I'm going to give it a little bit of an improvement. I think I gave it a B minus last week. No, I gave it a C plus maybe last week. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were in Bs at all last week for offense. I'm going to bump it up to a B minus. I feel the play calling was better. Still not good. Um, I think the quarterback battle was settled in my eyes. Uh, Marv got the ball. Um, I like that. I still don't like the offensive line. I think there's a lot of work to be done there. I still don't completely understand the rotation of personnel. Um, I wanted to see more Chip this week. I didn't get to see him that much. I, I was kind of, I thought that was kind of weird uh, that he just like so sold that Trayvon has to be the guy no matter how good anybody else is doing. And it kind of, yeah, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. And um, but other than that, uh, you know, I I give him probably, I'll go B minus. Um, and defense, dude, I have to give him. I'm going to give them a B. A solid B, and that is because I think something's going on. I don't know what it is, but I feel like from the defensive line, not from from the defensive line, beyond the defensive line, so linebackers back, um, I think we are playing phenomenal defense. Uh, great fundamental football, like the all the fundamentals you're taught uh, to play corner and safety, like were played on Saturday, other than Cam Martinez, and. Uh, so I believe that, but I think there's just a disconnect somewhere on the on the defensive line. Something's not right there on the exterior of that defensive line. Um, I'm hoping it gets solved, but for that reason, I give him a solid B. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to go identical. I mean, I part of me wants to give the offense a C plus, and the reason why I say that, I know it sounds so harsh, but I know how much talent that we have on offense. But the problem is it's mostly skill players. So how reasonable can I be that if they're not performing performing up to the level of my expectations, how much of that is really their fault and how much of it is the fact that we were just having a more difficult time blocking and getting the ball to them? So I'll stick with a B minus for offense. And I agree. Uh, I'll go B, maybe B plus on the defense. I'm glad to finally see our first uh, interception by a cornerback in like <laughs> over a year. Yeah, they said um, 2021. Yeah. Uh, who did they say it was? Um, man, I heard it, and I forget who it was now. Dang it, man. Is it oh, like well. Seven Banks or something like that? I can't remember who it was, but I, I literally uh, – 11 Warriors posted an article, and I did yeah, read but, it. But for some but reason, it's, lost, it's, it's been that long. It, it, we didn't get one last year at all, So at yeah. least by, by a corner. So I'll give them props for that. The sack totals weren't there. Again, I think they game plan to try to limit that. So I don't think that was as much on the defense, but I'm in the same boat. B minus offense will go B defense. And it was Cam Brown. Cam Brown. Okay. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, If you're one that follows our prop bets, um, 
we make three profits each game, and through two weeks, I'm actually trailing. I have lost two and one both weeks. Uh, Chad won. Um, I don't know why. I, I, I knew I was going on a risk, but I said Devin Brown would get two touchdowns. He didn't account for any, so obviously I lost that one. And I said our defense would not give up a touchdown. Well, I blew that in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Now, luckily, that's the only points to give up all game, so I wasn't really far off, but, man, I was down the hole fast. But for some reason, we only ended up rushing for like 120 total yards as a team, and our highest rusher was only 50-some yards with Trey. So luckily, I won the prop bet where I said we would not have a 100-yard rusher. So You know what's funny, dude? For all the gambling people out there, let me have two seconds of your time. Um, if you played Fandle this weekend, I thought it was very interesting that Vegas is confused as we are. I got up Saturday morning. I usually get up. I check and see if anybody's injured. I check out the game lines. You know, I eat a piece of toast or something. I think about, you know, making a little parlay. I go to Ohio State's game because I obviously enjoy betting on Ohio State. It's, you know, it's what makes the game even more fun to watch. You know what I mean? When there's something riding on it. I go to make a parlay. There's not one player prop in there. They don't know either. (laughs) So they're not even putting them out there. Nope. They're like, we don't even know what to say because, you know. I made very simple bets in week one, and none of them came true. Very simple bets, like, you know, Trayvon for 40 yards. And, you know, I mean, like very simple bets, and they didn't come true. So even this week, Vegas was like, hell, we don't know. Yeah. I don't even want you to bet. Yeah, Yeah. we're not going to lose money on it. I have no idea. Yep. (laughs) And 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 that's what makes the prop bets tough, because normally I'm usually the one that will kind of come up with them and then I will discuss them with you. And then we usually pick one side or the other, which honestly, what really happens is we get tired of arguing and someone gives in because we actually feel <laughs> very similar about how we want to bet them, which means I might be a really good handicapper. I have no idea. Well, standing but, on a uh, standing on a street corner uh, last year, holding a sign um, while people told me where I could go and how I could put place things in places I wasn't aware that I could put there. Um, I realized maybe I just don't want to lose this year. Yeah, you know I mean, so I'm not I, gonna, I'm not giving in on the prop bets this year. Right. So I think I, I think <laughs> I've gave in the last couple of weeks. So we're gonna have to be a lot. Listen, I'm not I'm not gonna go off something anymore. Just kind of like ah, I'll let you have this one. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold true. So if we have to go all the way down to, uh, how many times they say Brent Venable's name <laughs> or whatever. God. Oh gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how stupid the bet gets at this point. I'm not going to commit any more to this prop bet unless I am confident in it. So we may be going to like the 57th prop that we've had to come across before we agree to disagree. And it's happened before. And then finally, usually it's me. This season it's been him, but usually it's me that I'm like, I don't care. I'll take it. Well, then I'm I'm going to find you in a moment of weakness and I'm going to wear you down. (laughs) And then finally you're like, ah, screw it. I don't care. Just give me that one. I'm waiting um, on it. I'll wear you down. But I've given in first couple weeks. I'm down what four to two. I'm not. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold true. Fair enough. Hey, so go ahead. I was going to say you're probably getting ready to say something about the website. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm saying go to the website. Well, okay. it's, we post all the prop bets on the website, and you can even see what we posted in past games, the overall record, links to the loser last year out on the street corner. Important news, which we do have big news coming up on our next episode. Little teaser yes, there, but big news. Big news. Um, if you listen to this podcast, like I said, uh, 
Make sure you. Why did you just say it like that? Podcast. Podcast. Oh. <laughs> did you not hear how you said. <laughs> yeah. See, you got that Bob Euchre thing going again. Three times, bud. Um, He's if you listen, need to rock it up his ass to catch yeah. that one. <laughs> if you listen and you're an avid listener, make sure you tune in. Like I said, later this week when we do our preview, um, for whoever the hell we're playing, uh, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Um, and it's not like we're an Ohio State podcast or anything. Well, you know what's funny is we've talked so much about uh, Youngstown State uh, that I just that's all that was in my head. I was like, we're playing. I was like, Youngstown State. I was like, no, we just play them. Who are we playing? You know? <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyways, make sure you check it out. Like I said, we're going to have big news. Um, can't wait to share it with you. We've been working on it for a long time, and it's finally coming to fruition. So uh, we're pretty proud of it. But uh, anyways, man, that's all I got, bud. Yep. Go to the website, dtipodcast.com. That's where you can find that information. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and you can stream all of our episodes on all major streaming services. So please check us out. Give us a like, give us a listen. We appreciate everyone. Until next time, go Bucks. Awaitch! Oh,